Welcome to the Garden Path Podcast, life lessons and conversations from the natural world. I'm your host, Misty Little. Today's guest is Haley Giambalvo from San Antonio, Texas. You may know her on Instagram as a person behind Native Backyards, the highly informative account that features native plants and native plant gardening advice focused on Texas. I have loved what Haley has been doing since the very start of her account, and I've admired the efforts she has put into the outreach and advocacy for native plants on her account. In addition, she has a website that delves into all of this even more, complete with resources on where to find native plants in your region. In our conversation, we talk about her entry to gardening with native plants, how and why she began the Native Backyards platform, and some of her favorite native plants to garden with. There's a lot to learn from Haley. All right, on to the episode. Well, thanks, Haley, for coming on the Garden Path podcast. I've enjoyed your uh, social media for... I don't know, several years now, and I uh, appreciate where you're, what you're doing for Texas gardeners and uh, the native landscape aspects. And so maybe if you just introduce yourself, who you are, you know, where you garden, and a little bit of uh, background of how you came to gardening. Sure. Well, thanks so much for having me, Misty. My name is Haley Giambalvo, and I'm gardening here in San Antonio, Texas, uh, primarily in my backyard. Uh, moved here about 10 years ago from Chicago and okay. have uh, really gotten into Texas native plants over the last, I would say, close to three years now. I really started learning about them when I went through a program called the Texas Master Naturalist Program and really just was drawn to native plants and the the benefits that they can offer our local ecosystems, how important they are for our local pollinators and how great they are in terms of being drought tolerant, easy to maintain. So I've always enjoyed gardening. I primarily did container gardening uh, in the past. When we lived in Chicago, we didn't have a, a, a yard, so I would grow things in containers on our balcony and I brought that here to Texas with me too and tried growing things in the Texas climate, which was much more challenging. I killed a lot of plants in my early years here. Um, But now over the last few years have really gotten into incorporating natives into my landscape, really transforming my backyard with native plants, starting to take out some of our turf grass and expanding my native plant uh, garden beds. And I've just loved seeing my yard come to life as a result. Much more pollinator activity, more birds. It's, it's been a really fun experiment. So I definitely owe the uh, the Texas Master Naturalist Program for, for my new obsession. That, that's what got me started down that path. And, but how did you decide to do the Master Naturalist versus like a Master Gardener program? Yeah, that's a good question. I had thought about Master Gardener. I'd heard of that. And then I just happened to see a little... I think it was like a little notice in a, a community paper about the the master naturalist program that they were having a training class and it would cover all things Texas ecology. So our local wildlife, local plants, local geology of the Edwards Plateau region. I thought that's so unique to have such a wide uh, range of topics. And I've always loved nature and I had been getting into a little birding in my backyard, trying to identify some of the, the birds I was seeing. So um, as well as going to a lot of our state parks and taking our, our daughters. I have a 11, 11 year old and a 13 year old daughter, and we had gotten into going to state national parks quite a bit. So I, I had definitely that interest in nature, just a general um, interest. And I thought that would be the perfect way to kind of expand my knowledge base. And I just kind of went out on a limb and tried it out. I, I had the time to take the classes and to do the volunteering. So as part of the program, you go through 40 hours of classroom instruction, learn a ton, and then um, in return, you give at least 40 hours of your time to volunteering with various 
conservation projects around um, your local area. So I've really enjoyed it. I've become super involved in my local chapter here in San Antonio. I'm on the board now. And I oh, wow. our, our, uh, yeah, <laughs> um, I just love it's an awesome organization of people throughout the state of Texas. They have, I believe, 48 chapters. So you can definitely find one near you if you're interested. And it's just a wonderful way to learn about our local ecosystems to help out in your local community. And um, I've been a big fan for sure. Yeah. yeah. So how did, how did you, I guess you took all of that interest and turn it into the Native Backyards website and social media. Um, I guess why start like Native Backyards? How did that process become? Yeah. <laughs> how did that happen? <laughs> Well, um, my professional background is I have a background in marketing, but for the last decade, I um, have been a blogger, a professional blogger and content creator. I started a website back in 2011 called Design Improvised. It's a home decor and crafting website, and I grew that to be a fairly large website and um, and turned it into a business for myself. And so I had a lot of uh, experience creating online content and, and engaging people through social media. And when I started getting into native plants, I realized there wasn't a ton of easy to find information online about natives. If you're just starting to get into it, like I was, you maybe hadn't gotten down the path where you discovered your local native plant society or some of the organizations that really are great for providing information, but might not be as easy to find for um, for beginners. So I saw a need there and I thought, well, I can I can apply my skill set of um, online content creation and, and create a new website dedicated to providing easy to understand, um, not intimidating information about growing native plants to get people excited, help them find natives that are uh, local to their, their particular area. And uh, yeah, I just thought I could combine my new passion with my experience. <laughs> and, uh, and since I was already out there every day in my own garden and volunteering at some gardens around town, I thought it'd be a fun way to show others what I was doing and, and kind of learn together. I mean, I'm still relatively new at, at native gardening myself. So I try to offer kind of a newbie perspective. Yeah, that, that, no, yeah. I definitely appreciate it. I think it's a niche in Texas that we are missing. And um, I mean, there is a lot of native plant. We have, I mean, we have the Ladybird Nature uh, yeah. Native Plant Center. I mean, that's like a huge resource. But for beginner gardeners, it's a there's a there was a niche missing. And I think you, at least on social media and with your website, have kind of started filling that. And uh, I've definitely noticed a lot of interaction of people sharing a lot of your graphics. And so, and that's where I was interested. I was like, oh yeah, someone is actually doing this. This is really good. And, you know, I don't have the marketing and content creation. Like I can think of all the ways of sharing sure. it, but I'm like, you know, getting it out there and doing the social media wise is, is not my forte, but I'm glad you, <laughs> <laughs> you've made it really well. And I really like the graphics that you put out. So. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, I try to educate and um, kind of be a connector to people. If they reach out to me with questions, I try to to find the right resources. If I don't have the answer on my site to get them to the right place, and it seems to be working pretty well. I have a lot of people reach out to me. So that's really fulfilling to just hear from, from people that are excited about natives and, and want to learn more. So that's been a big motivator for me to keep going for sure. Yeah. So with all of that, like, have you had anybody um, who wasn't really in a native plants either around you in San Antonio or online, like come around and they told you their like conversion stories, like I'm now a native plant enthusiast. Has, has, yeah. has that happened? <laughs> yes, a lot. Actually, I, I get emails almost every day from people, which is really exciting. But um, a, a, something that I've done several times now is called a native backyards challenge. So if um, you subscribe to my email newsletter every May and September. We do a one month challenge where 
the ultimate goal over the course of the month is just to add two native plants to your yard. So it's a great challenge if you're just starting out and learning about natives. So each week that month, I send out a little mini challenge to get people to kind of take a look at what they currently have growing in the yard, start to understand what plants they already have if they're not familiar with what those plants are and learn about them, where they're from, what benefits they might offer to our insects and wildlife. And then um, I help kind of walk them through how to find um, plants that are native to their area, how to go to the nursery and read plant labels so they know what they're getting. And um, ultimately at the end of the month, add at least two new natives. And that's been a, a real hit. I've had a lot of people participate in that and share what they're doing in their yards. And some people will go all the way as to design a new garden bed, which is pretty <laughs> cool. Um, and I had one of my um, class participants, I do some native gardening classes as well. And he designed his whole front and backyard. It was a, a new home. He had a blank canvas uh, and on his property and he used um, some graph paper to, to plan out his whole lot. It's incredible. Um, and he, I guess, submitted that to his HOA and got approval for it. Oh, so wow. he was super excited about, about that. And um, I don't think he'd really had experience um, growing natives before. So that was cool. But I think my best test case is my dad. So I have yeah. my, my dad lives <laughs> in, um, in Florida and he has a, a background in um, lawn maintenance and, and um, golf course maintenance. Actually. Yeah. So he always loved nice, green, expansive lawns. That's, that's what has been his whole life is um, maintaining yards. But he's also had a, has a very green thumb and I got him hooked on native plants. And so now in Florida, he lives kind of out in the country. He's always driving down the road and spot something out of the corner of his eye and has to pull over and learn about what plant that is and maybe collect some seeds or I think he's been known to dig up a plant or two. <laughs> I know maybe not the best idea, but um, he started his own native plant garden. So um, and definitely have rubbed off on my dad and, and others too. That's awesome. And Florida yeah. has a really good native plant community. Like their native plant society is just amazing. Um, so yeah. that's, that's good. I'm glad. Yes. Yeah. And I think he's looking into it. I think he told me he tried to show up at one of their walks the other day, um, but he hadn't registered. So I guess he was oh. supposed to register in advance and he couldn't go on it, but no. at least he's, he's starting down that path. So that's good. So, you know, gardening in Texas is challenging. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if people out of state realize how challenging it can be. You know, they think Texas and they think dry desert. And that's true, but mm -hmm. also not true. <laughs> so what is what is gardening like in San Antonio? You know, it's, it's part of the hill country. It's part of that I-35 corridor. But how how is it different than, say, Austin? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, or I mean, it's I probably pretty similar. similar to Austin. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but this summer was uh, definitely a challenge for gardeners, I think, across the state. Uh, but here in San Antonio, we had an extremely hot, I think, record breakingly hot uh, summer. I think we had the hottest month on record for May, June and July, I believe, mm -hmm. without hardly any rainfall. Um, I remember one rain over the summer. So it was really interesting to see how my native plants uh, held up during that time. And um, everything in my yard is only a, a year or two old. So they're all fairly new plants that are still getting established. So I would have to hand water them at least once a week just to keep them um, keep them looking good and continuing to develop. But um, one thing that was super interesting to me was that one of the gardens where I volunteer here in San Antonio with the Master Naturalist is called our Wildscape Demonstration Garden. It's um, about four years old, so those plants are more established. It's at Phil Hardberger Park here in town, full sun, absolutely no um, supplemental water. We don't have a water source out there, so they just have to survive yeah. on whatever <laughs> rainfall there is. And 
I was just really amazed to see those plants making it through the summer. I mean, by August, they didn't look great to be honest. Yeah. They, yeah, they, they look struggling. Yeah. yeah. They were hanging in there and to, to go that long without water. And I was really amazed. And when we did have a good rainfall in September, they all came to life again. It was really awesome to see. So that really sold me on, on natives as far as being drought tolerant and, and tough. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I've had more luck growing natives. And when I was growing just whatever pretty plant I, you know, annuals that I picked up at the nursery and tried to, to put in a pot or in my yard, it, you know, for the most part, they would look good maybe in May and the beginning of June, but by July, they were pretty much dead. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> August, they were all gone. So it was an expensive hobby to go that route. Um, I think, you know, they, they're made to look good at the nursery, but not really survive our, our Texas climates. When you're looking at some of those annuals that, that look tempting when you don't know much about, about yes. gardening. Well, and that if people don't realize there's seasons for those annuals and sometimes the nurseries, the big box stores don't put them out in the right season. So you're sure. getting your pansies and you're expecting them to be gorgeous in July. And yes. yeah, exactly. <laughs> not happening. <laughs> Um, so, you know, you, since you're relatively new to native plant gardening, but you've, you know, you've spent a lot of time at demonstration gardens and you're out and about enjoying, you know, San Antonio, do you have any favorite native plants for your region or central Texas that you go to time and time again? Oh, I do. I do have a lot. I just gave a class uh, last week about my top 20 favorite oh, Texas yeah. natives, but I can limit it to a couple for, for this. Um, I think the one I talk about the most is called Greg's Mist Flower. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's native to, to Texas and it is a pollinator magnet, particularly queen butterfly yeah. flock to this plant. Yeah. It is just the most fun plant, I think, to get you excited about natives. If, if you're new to growing natives and you want to see I think the power of natives and attracting our, our insects, Greg's mist flower is the perfect one to start with because you'll have queen butterflies on it yeah. all the time, especially <laughs> in the fall, like right now. Um, but it attracts a wide variety of pollinators. I, I just took a video of all different types of butterflies and bees that were nectaring on it um, last week. So I love that plant. Uh, a couple other great things about it is that it's um, it's not big. It only grows about two foot tall. Um, and so it's great to put in a pot if you don't have a yard um, or a lot of space. And um, I love it for our, our school pollinator garden. So my daughter's elementary school, we've started a pollinator garden there and the kids just go nuts for that um, yeah. plant because there's always something going on there. And the monarchs are visiting it now as well. It's a great nectar plant. Uh, that's a favorite for sure of mine. Um, it does spread, just something yeah. to be aware of. <laughs> it's a spreader, but it's it's absolutely beautiful and it blooms all summer long. Um, as far as one of my favorite ground covers, I love frog fruit. I think that is uh, grows well uh, throughout much of Texas and it is another pollinator magnet. I just love any types of plants that are going to have a lot of pollinators around them. And I have seen it come to life with many pollinators um, on a sunny day. It's almost like crawling with little um, mm -hmm. uh, butterflies, moths, bees uh, that come to its tiny little white and purple flowers. And that's a great one. If you need to cover a sunny area quickly, it, it grows fast. It's easy to pull up if it, if it gets somewhere that you don't want it. That's uh, so why I love, love, love frog fruit. And then my main shrub that I've really come to appreciate this month is, or this summer, is Philemacanthus. Uh, that is a really, really hardy um, Texas shrub that can handle drought like a champ. It's got the red tubular flowers that attract hummingbirds and um, butterflies. It's also a, a host plant um, to at least one butterfly, if not more. 
um so yeah that those are a few of my favorites yeah yeah I know it's like you go into the list like well what do you mean Mm -hmm. we'll see what kind of habitat because there's so many great plants all over the state and yes (laughs) so many that are that do such good things and uh yeah I've I've done flamacanthus before unfortunately we're a little too moist here sometimes for it and it does well for a while then it just kind of doesn't do well so yeah um maybe we have a we have a little dry cactus bed. I think it would have worked in there without any supplemental irrigation, but Mm -hmm. you got to know your location, know your area, find the right plant. Yes, absolutely. And I'm still learning, you know, a lot of it is trial and error. And yeah, yeah. when you have um, different unexpected drought like this year, it really does. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, in in well-established trees, you know, the pine trees just like, Oh, I'm done. (laughs) Just one thing. Um, so, you know, you're a beginner in all of this, but you're also educating folks. Do you have any common misconceptions that you hear constantly, um, from people when you're trying to educate them about gardening with native plants? What are some things that you run into from folks? Well, I think people, if they're not really familiar with, uh, the natives, like the different plant options out there, they might have the conception that native gardening is wild and weedy and, and an excuse for people to just kind of let their their lawn and their landscaping kind of uh, go to waste, go, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. just to not take care of it. And I, I absolutely don't think that's true. I think my goal with my yard is to show that you can use natives in a, in a more kind of structured, um, planned way in your landscaping, just like you would with uh, non-native shrubs that people tend to use a lot in landscaping. So I want to show that you can, you can garden beautifully with natives and it, it, it can take on all shapes and forms. You can, you can have more of a meadow, uh, wildflower look, you can have more, um, structured plantings. And, um, so I, I want to be, I, I want people to know that there's all sorts of options, uh, when it comes to native gardening. And I think, Related to that, I think when you talk to people that are really into natives, have been doing it for a long time, sometimes you can run into um, a lot of hard and firm rules around what it what yeah, it uh, yeah. what it means to be a native gardener. You can only plant natives that are uh, plants that are native to your local zip code, and yes. you can't use any cultivars. And you know that it can get kind of um, a very a rule heavy at mm-hmm. some points. And so that's not the approach that I like to take. I, I I think especially for people like myself starting out, if any new plant you can add to your yard, if it's a native plant, uh, I think that's a great start. And I don't think you need to to rip out all your other existing plants in your landscape just because they're from other parts of the world. I think start by educating yourself on them, knowing more about um, whether they're invasive or not. I think that's something that is, is helpful to know is if any of the plants you have in your yard are problematic because they might be spread to some of our natural areas um, unintentionally by, by wildlife. Um, but beyond that, I think it's okay to, to try out cultivars if you can't find the specific native plant you're yeah, looking for at the yeah. nursery. You know, I think just start experimenting and seeing what is um, beneficial in your yard, what's attracting those insects and, and birds and things like that. So, yeah, well, and, you know, I, I like the idea of, you know, growing what's only local hyper local to you but the problem is you can't find hyper local stuff in nurseries that's not there and Absolutely. so yeah it's, it's 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 you have to deal with what's you know unless you become you know somebody who collects seeds and starts a lot of propagation but you know beginners aren't necessarily and even established gardeners aren't doing that so yes native plant gardening it's all about flexibility yeah yeah you can write up a wish list of plants and head to the nursery and you're gonna find every single one on your native plant wish list you kind of have to 
I say, start at the nursery, see what's there. First, find a good nursery that you yeah. know is knowledgeable about natives. Usually it's a locally owned nursery that um, has a, a selection of natives. You can skip the big box stores, but if you're able to find a good nursery and work with the selection they have, that's a great start. And then also definitely any um, native plant sales offered by your local native plant society is a, that's another great, yeah. great option. Well, and that kind of goes into my next question is like, <laughs> do you have any uh, local or even to state resources for seeds or, or nurseries mm-hmm. that you go to or recommend folks to, to visit? Sure. So definitely the Native Plant Society sales, and there's a lot coming up in October. Um, Usually they're in the spring and the fall. Um, Those are awesome. And even like here in San Antonio, our local chapter offers something called like a plant donation program where throughout the year on their website, they list plants that their members have available for donations. Mm, so that's nice. you can just contact them and arrange to, to get those plants, which is pretty cool. Um, as far as seeds go, I really love Native American seed based out of Junction. Mm-hmm. They seem to be the, the best here in, in Texas for local uh, Texas wildflower seed. They have a huge selection. They've got some great seed mixes. I have a wildflower bed um, on the backside of our fence, which is accessible by deer. And so I use their deer resistant wildflower mix and, um, and I've had good, good success with those seeds. And as far as nurseries here in San Antonio, I like the nursery rainbow gardens, Oh yeah, I've heard uh, of that one. Mm-hmm. two locations and they seem to have the best uh, native selection here in town that I've found so far anyways. Good. Okay. Yeah. I have not been, but I've heard about them and I keep meaning every time I'm through San Antonio, I'm only there for a few hours. So I need to make a change, make a, a, a trip there next time. Yeah, there, definitely. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you mentioned your com- local community garden, but there are any other showcase uh, gardens in San Antonio that you like to recommend people to go to or even, or even just parks? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a few great ones. So the, the one I was mentioning earlier is located at Phil Hardberger park. There's two parts to Hardberger park here. And this one is off the military highway entrance next to the urban ecology center. If you start on that trail, you'll find it. It's a great garden with a ton of different Texas native plants and great signage so you can learn about the plants. Um, That is open to the public year round. And like I said, you can see what they look like without any supplemental um, care or watering. We we maintain it, we weed it, but that's about it. Um, The second one where I volunteer regularly is located at the Headwaters Sanctuary. This is a 53 acre nature sanctuary at the heart of San Antonio that a lot of people don't know exists. It's right in the middle of the city. It's adjacent to um, the University of Incarnate Word. And it's also where the the headwaters for the San Antonio River is located called the Blue Hole. So it's a neat area. It's um, a wooded area primarily with some walking trails, but there is a large garden uh, in the center called the Circle of Springs Garden. And it has... I would say like 50 different Texas native plants there that are really beautifully maintained and um, a great way to get a sense for some of the the options that we have here in Texas for growing natives. Um, That garden gets drip irrigation. um, And so those were looking great all summer long. Yeah. Additional (laughs) water. Um, And they're currently in the process of uh, converting. There was a kind of a field around the garden um, that was primarily Bermuda and some other uh, non-native grasses, but they're converting it into a, a prairie. It's amazing. That's oh, going nice. to be a, a, a large project, but um, it's going to have all of our prairie grasses in it. So I'm excited to see that evolve over the next couple of years. And then um, the last place I would recommend is Confluence Park, which is um, 
on the south side of town. And that has an awesome selection of all of our uh, Texas native grasses. They have a whole display oh, there. Nice. You can see all the big blue stem, little blue stem, um, all, all, probably 20 different grasses there that they have really great signage. So you know what you're looking at. Okay. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'll check those both out because I, you know, when we come, we go you know, go to the Pearl District or they go to the Botanic Garden, but I never heard of either one of those, but I have yeah, them to my list. Really yeah, <laughs> Nice. Um, now, do you have any uh, inspirational Native uh, gardeners, either Texas, uh, either on social media or just maybe people locally that you, that inspire you or have a blog or a website uh, that you can recommend people to, to learn from too? Oh, that's a good question. Um, here in Texas, I like uh, Plano Prairie Garden. Michael mm -hmm. is his name. He has done a wonderful job converting his front yard into a, just a gorgeous native garden. And I think he even opened it up to visitors a week or so ago mm -hmm. that they could tour it. So I love his pictures. I think they're really inspiring about what's possible. Um, uh, he's not local, but there's um, a man named Kyle. He's a forester and conservationist that has um, a lot of TikToks and reels. Yeah. Native Habitat Project mm -hmm. is the name of his. And I just love his educational style. Every time you watch one of his videos, you're going to learn something. And he talks all about native plants and um, and conservation. And I think his his videos are great. So yeah. that's a couple I can think of anyway. Yeah, no, I, I love his stuff too. And I like that he's talking about the South because we in the South often get the shaft <laughs> when it comes to those issues, you know, you hear a lot about from native plants from the Northeast and native plant gardeners and talks about, you know, or the Pacific Northwest, but the South, you know, people don't really think about. And I, I've loved uh, what he shares too. So. Yeah. He's good. Um, now you have your own books or at least one book and some courses um, and gear. You want to talk a little <laughs> bit about all of that? Sure. Because I like your shirts too. I need to get one. Oh, thank you. Yes, I've got my native plant lady shirt on right yes, now. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I need. <laughs> that was another opportunity. I, I noticed there was no good native plant merch out there for us native plant lovers. So I did start an Etsy shop called Native Backyards. It's like my website um, where I have a variety of garden signs uh, that a friend of mine here in San Antonio makes. And um, I just uh, added car stickers so you can spread the word about <laughs> planting natives wherever you drive. And um, I also sell t-shirts and mugs and, and a few other things on there. So that's, that's a fun shop. And then 20% of my profits go to the National Wildlife Federation. Oh, nice. So um, try to support them through that. And then I do have two um, online workshops that I um I recorded the live workshop that I gave, and now you can purchase them on my website. One is called Jumpstart Your Native Garden. So it's just walks you through all you need to do to get started growing natives. And then the second one that um, I just did a couple of weeks ago was a uh, 20 uh, Texas natives to add to your garden. So I walked through each of the, the 20 talking about why I love them, how, what benefits they offer, insects and wildlife, how to maintain them, all those good things. So yeah. Um, and then, yes, I, I self-published a book on Amazon this year called Native Plant Gardening for Beginners, just trying to fill another um, unmet need of simple to understand information. If you wanted to get a book on native plant gardening and where to begin, uh, I think I, I, I cover that pretty well in this book. I, I walk you through um, all the different steps involved and in, in how to find natives near you and um, how to shop at the nursery to get the right. Yeah. Plant, to, all of those things. So, yeah, that's good. Good. Now, have you done any talks or on those courses? Have you given any uh, talks to any local groups or anything like that? I do. I give a lot of talks. I'm doing one on Saturday here at a local park and another one on Monday at the San Antonio Botanical Garden. Um, 
So yeah, I, I try to do those whenever I can just to help awesome. spread yeah. it locally. Awesome. Sure. Um, well, do you have any advice uh, that you'd like to share to pe- get people interested in native plants, you know, beginners that are just now looking at, uh, you know, hey, these people can talk about native plants and, or maybe they're just like, they love monarchs and, and milkweed is their gateway plant. So what would you tell them to get them more excited about native plants? Yeah, I'd say milkweed's an awesome place to start. I'm trying to grow milkweed myself in my yard because I do think the more yeah milkweed we can plant, the better. But that is just one host plant of many host plants yes. out there for all of our different butterfly species. So if you love the idea of host plants, there's some awesome Texas natives um, that can attract uh, all different butterflies. And I would say and far, as far as advice... Uh, here in Texas, um, we have an awesome native plant society that is full of resources. So if you haven't checked them out yet, I always like to recommend their um, native plant list by ecoregion on their website. So you can look at where you're located in the state and they have a customized plant list for your area. And that I find um, that's a great starting point to kind of see what your options are for different types of plants. And um and you can always reach out to me too. I like hearing from people and I try to help them however I can. So if you, you can email me at Haley at Native Backyards and uh, feel free to ask me any questions and I'm here to help for sure. Yeah. Well, do you, where can people find you? I know you just said your email, where can people find mm-hmm. you online, your, your social media handles and, uh, do you have, and you, you mentioned the upcoming uh, event this weekend, but do you have anything else yeah. coming up? And the next month or so, not that I have on the books right now that I can think of. So yeah, everything's really coming up in the next couple of days. Um, But um, yeah, and I'll uh, I'll direct people to your website so they can keep track of all that. Get on your newsletter. The best way to to know uh, what's up is um, nativebackyards.com is the website, but on social media, I'm most active on Instagram and Facebook at Native Backyards. You can send me direct messages there. And um, if you want to get on my email list, you can sign up on my website or just shoot me an email and I'll sign you up for that too, because that's a great way to I email every Saturday morning. You can hear from me and, and try to send out helpful tips. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, Haley, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I appreciate uh, everything you're doing. You like, again, it's a niche that Texas has needed for a long time. And it, I know your reach goes beyond just Texas. I'm sure you get people from all over uh, the, the U.S., and um you know it's out there people are interested and you know the more you talk and like getting your family involved your friends involved and just spreading the good word (laughs) awesome thank you so much that's it for my conversation with Haley. you can check out the show notes at thegardenpathpodcast.com where you can find all of the places Haley is at online as well as where to purchase her book or some of her cool native plant gear If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing in your podcast platform of choice. And if you listen on iTunes, consider leaving a five-star rating and review. It will be greatly appreciated. Thanks for listening and until next time, happy gardening.